going on everybody welcome to another episode of the white cat outdoors podcast episode 175 this week we're breaking down uh, some of our favorite turkey hunts that we've had over the years just getting excited for the new turkey season you know by the time this episode releases and you guys are listening uh, we'll already have a day or two of hunting in and we're just super stoked and wanted to kind of reminisce on some of our favorite hunts over the years um, I also deliver a little bit of bad news uh, I had a equipment failure with my bow this afternoon right before I we recorded um, and I'm not going to be able to have my bow up and running before the start of turkey season um, hopefully by the end of the season I'll be able to break it out but I apologize for the big buildup of me hunting with my bow um, obviously couldn't predict this sort of thing but it is what it is we're going to work through it um, but opening morning, we're going to be shooting shotguns. Uh, we're still going to have a blast, obviously. Um, but we hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm going to quit rambling, and uh, let's get tuned into this week's episode. So I did the cardinal sin. I pull up my bow, and then I look dead at his antlers. I got out of the truck, and when I slammed the door, I heard gobbles all around me. Alaska, moose, spot and sock. That is the bucket list. I agree. What's up, everyone? Uh, I don't know what state you're in, but our turkey season, by the time you're listening to this, will be well underway. And turkeys will be down. Yeah, we're excited. And me, Nick, and Tom are all here to talk about it. It's going to be wild. Um, but before we jump into that... Um, Nick lied I, to you guys. He is a yeah. big liar. Yeah, so I guess... He's been talking do, do for guys, weeks. Do you guys want the good news or the bad news? Just straight up tell them what's going on. No, there's, I, have, I have two separate things, good news, bad news. What do you want first, Tom? Give us the bad news so then the good news will cheer us up. That's the right answer right there. So <clears throat> as I've been talking for weeks, uh, going out with the archery equipment on Saturday. And seeing how easy it was going to be. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, but that doesn't, it's not relevant to this story. Just give them um, the context. In case you're a first-time listener coming in, Nick promised the listeners that he was going to shoot a bird I did with not his promise. bow and it was going to be he easy. He did. He said, no problem. Probably get it on film just because it'll be so easy. Yeah. I don't know. But anyways. Now caught up to speed. Yeah. So I've been shooting all week. Um, I've been playing around with, you know, just getting comfortable shooting from a different position that I'm used to and all that stuff. And I was shooting... Um, so like for the past couple of weeks, I've just been shooting my normal setup, just kind of get back in the field of things, you know, uh, beginning of this week, I decided, you know, let's switch over to my Turkey arrows, you mm -hmm. know, just the sight a little bit, obviously. Yeah. But I bought some special arrows. If you guys are curious of like the full setup, go a couple episodes back. We talk about it, but anyway, they have some really big feather fletchings on them. And I noticed that they were hitting my riser. 
or not the riser, but they're like basically hitting my bow is just the easiest mm-hmm. way to put it. And it was giving me a, a small bit of deflection and I just didn't like it. And it was just, you know, not, you, it's just not accurate. So I was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to go back to my original arrows, you know, that I use for deer hunting and just see if my broadheads will fit, you know, and mm-hmm. I drew back, I got like less than a half inch of clearance um, between my finger and the bottom of the broadhead, which little dicey, but you know, it's behind the broadhead. So nothing really can happen. Yeah. Um, not ideal, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So got that all set up and I was, I mean, throwing darts. I mean, it was just absolutely perfect. Three in a row, boom, 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 took his head right off on my target and it was feeling really good. So put everything away. Let, um, yesterday, you know, spent a couple of days getting it all ready I was, yesterday was, I was ready to go, like mm-hmm. excited, confident that birds is, is done. And, uh, so today I get home from work and I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's kind of nice out. Let's just throw a few more, mm-hmm. you know, just get the good feel. So I put my field points back on. I throw like two arrows, boom, boom, right in the bullseye. And then third one is like out in left field. I'm like, that's weird. So I grab them, shoot again. And I am all over the target, 20 yards, and I cannot hit a pie plate. And I'm like, what is going on? It sounds pretty typical of you. No, it's not. Anyone that's shot with me knows it's not it. But so I'm like, all right, you know, maybe I'm just moving, you know, sitting on this stool. Let me stand up, throw a few, same thing. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm doing something weird with my form. Let's, you know, back to square one, Nick, like, you know, speak out everything you're doing. You know, so I draw back, nose on the string thumb in the jawbone, like mm-hmm. everything holding extremely long through my shots. And I was not able to even hit a pie plate at 20 yards. It was like, I was dumbfounded. So I'm like, all right, let's take a look at the equipment. You know, I, I always like to assume it's me first. Yeah. Um, just because that's typically the way it goes. Um, so I take a look at the site and my site housing's loose. I'm like, Oh, simple enough. And, uh, I go down to tighten it down, get it all um, like I have to now have to figure out about where I need to be. So back the screw back off. And I noticed that the dial to adjust the left to right is canted and it's not supposed to be canted. It's supposed to be straight. Mm -hmm. And I go to adjust it, you know, like try and see what's going on. It just snaps right off. I'm like, Hmm, that's nice. Yeah. So on, so we're recording Wednesday night, two days before the season, and my sights broke. So I am formally, or yeah, formally apologizing um, because I lied. I was going to hunt with a bow and it's just not going to happen this year. Uh, I just, I could put another sight on it, but it's just grabbing a whole new sight. I'd have to put a new peep in my bow because my peep is a specialized, um, it's an oval to fit the sight housing that I use. And it's just, I can't shoot tomorrow. Friday would be the only day I could shoot. And then I would have to go in the woods Saturday. And just me personally, I just don't think it's an ethical decision for me to totally get a new site, shoot it, you know, one day and then go out and expect to be lethal and ethical. Mm -hmm. So I'm breaking out the shotgun. It's going to make things a little bit less stressful. Um, Not that it was really stressful. I was excited Mm -hmm. about the whole thing. I was, just a straight kick to the dick this evening. Um, 
We'll make fun of you for it, though. Oh, yeah, because what's going to happen is I'm going to get a bird at, like, 20 yards with my shotgun that's in full strut, just gave me every opportunity, and I'm just... Yeah. I'll probably give him the finger and then my shotgun. But it's not uh, a bad idea. Yeah, so I was, I'm was i pretty pissed about it, still pissed about it, but um, like you guys are hearing this extremely fresh. Like, this happened about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. Uh, I just have to be honest with myself and understand that it's not right for me to try and hunt with it that way and move on from it yeah it's definitely not ethical for you to throw a setup together and shoot a few arrows and go. yeah and now what i'm probably gonna end up doing is putting another sight on it while i get this one warranted um and you know shoot throughout the week Mm -hmm. and if i get comfortable maybe towards the end of the season you know break it out and shot a bird yeah well i mean i'm sure i'll have a bird by then but i got three tags yeah. Um, yeah. You got New York. Yeah. I got two in New York, one in PA. So, well, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen this year, but opening day is going to be shotgun. Yeah. So it is what it is. Can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, good news. If you guys ordered your shirts in the first two weeks, like we had um, pushed for, they're in. Uh, so I'm going to start getting that stuff out this week. Um, by the time, if you're local to us, by the time you're listening to this Sunday, you may already have it if we've hooked up. Um, so second batch of stuff is in the process of being made right now. So a couple weeks out. Um, but if you were awesome and got in right away, your stuff's done and we're excited to get that out to you guys. I'm hoping to sling a big old bird over the Sense Nudes hoodie on Saturday. That'll be dope. So it's going to be wild. So it's going to be fun. But I want to lighten some, lighten the mood here since I've kind of brought us yeah, down a little bit. You're bringing us down um, big time. But it's... Well, real quick, before well, we get into that, why don't we talk about what we did this weekend? Oh, well, why don't you take that because you did most of it. Yeah. So go ahead. What, what did you do last weekend, Tom? So I was going to say our trees finally came in, but <laughs> that's not That's not true. really true. I finally went down and picked up my trees because they... It was like a month we were waiting for them. Yeah. Yeah, we did a podcast weeks ago yeah. that we were getting ready to do the trees. And little did we know. <laughs> they weren't going to send them. So me and uh, I had to recruit some help. Um, the regular crew was all preoccupied with other stuff. So I got my good buddy, Ben. Who's getting into hunting this year. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. So... He told me he would come help. Actually, he asked what I was doing this weekend, and I'm like, oh, I got to go up to Climber. I'm planting 400 trees. He's like, who's helping? And I was like, nobody. It's going to be me. He's like, well, I'll come up with you. I'm like, you don't have to. He's like, oh, I got nothing going on. I'll come up with you. So I'm like, awesome. I really appreciate it. So I, the night before Friday, I wanted to take him out, you know, have a cold beer on me uh, just as a Took him you. to one of our local finest yeah, yeah, we went to the valley. We were just shooting pool, having a good time, drinking a few beers. and planned Were there on, darts? Like throwing darts or ripping darts? Ripping darts. Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, I ripped it's one darts. of the last smoking bars in the area, and none of us smoke on a regular basis, but if you go into a smoking bar, it's kind of like a one in Rome kind of thing. Yeah, so, and I, I planned on keeping it low key that night because I knew I had to get up early and drive you to pick do. up my trees. So we're getting ready to leave the valley and Luke shows up and then my parents show up and then they were there till about midnight 
and then they talk us into going down to the other local watering hole. So we didn't get done until. What did about, you go to Elk Creek? Yeah, till about two o'clock in the morning. Old family bar, and I get home, drop Ben off, and now it's like two thirty. Why didn't he just stay with you? Because he lives a mile down the road. Uh, that's true. So two thirty, I get home, set my alarm for five, wake up, you know, get my life together, go pick Ben up. We head down to the local country fair, fill up, grab a couple breakfast sandwiches, and we're on the road by 6 o'clock. And we had to drive down to Indiana, Pennsylvania. Oh, you hadn't even picked up the trees yet. No, no. <laughs> no drove down to Indiana, Pennsylvania, which was a two-hour drive. Got our 400 trees. and But they did knock the delivery charge off at least for you. Yeah, they did you. take the delivery fee Oh, off. that was sure nice of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here, since you guys drove down here, we'll knock off... The delivery charge. <laughs> so then I had to drive three hours north to Climber. So didn't get up there till about noon, and it was pouring down rain pretty good. So we stopped at another local watering hole, <laughs> French I Creek love Tavern. Uh, got ourselves a beer and a sandwich, waited for the rain to subside. And by 1 o'clock, we were planting trees. And we got 100 Norway spruce. 100 Chinese chestnut, 50 swamp oak, 50 English oak, 50 white oak, and 50 red oak. And we went to town on the nut trees, planted all 300 of those uh, Saturday afternoon. And like we've mentioned before, we recently did some logging on the one hillside, took a lot of big mature cherries off, which created some nice open areas where the sun's really coming through. Uh, so we loaded that hillside with nut trees. And then uh, we have one food plot, we call it the gas well. And I surrounded the perimeter of that food plot with uh, nut trees. So in nice. That's uh, a good idea. 15, 20 years, there's going to be oaks all the way around the, and chestnuts all the way around that food plot. That'd be really nice. Um, Maybe be hang a stand in there someday because there's not great stand no, trees there. Not. And then we have a couple other food plots in the woods. Uh, one we call the hidden food plot, but it's really... Why do we call it that? Because it's hidden. And it's pretty swampy back there, so I planted a bunch of swamp oaks around that. And then uh, I planted a bunch of swamp oaks in the general area around Frank's food plot or the bear stand as it's now called. Good old bear stand. I wonder if other people have, like, is like nicknames for every stand location. I bet they do. I mean, how else would you know what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, every single, like, there is... You can't just say over, the, over in that stand for everything Yeah, I mean, there's every about. single stand or food plot we have has a name. Yeah. And it does change, you know, based on events. Like, mm -hmm. Austin stand... Um, has been renamed. I don't know if we've officially renamed it, but it's going to be renamed this year after um, two bucks got killed out of it back to back. So Austin's Ladder will no longer be called Austin's Ladder, but that's all right. Frank's food plot got changed to the bear stand. It just happens. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tom. Really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. So we finished planting up trees. Uh, you didn't finish. Well, for the day. And... Then, uh, what? Yeah, you can, you can okay, say it. Okay, so. The reason I guess. I was I like, what, yeah. what are you doing? So, 
um, we finished planting up sat or Saturday afternoon, finished the 300 nut trees. And then, uh, well, I'll, I'll let Nick share yeah, this. Yeah, I feel like we should yeah. have started the yeah, episode. Probably, we, this is big news. Yeah, we probably could have brought this up. Um, so the part of the reason I wasn't able to go with Tom is I just got engaged over the weekend. Woo. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, so I was in the process of celebrating that Saturday, um, took a little day trip, went to uh, Texas Day Brazil. I don't know. Oh my God. I love, that is my all time favorite restaurant. If you enjoy a, like eating meat until you sweat, that's until the you want to puke. It's yeah, that's not what I just did. sweat. It's oh, I, you're I got, uncomfortable. I got the place. meat sweats. Um, I had some fine whiskey. Um, yeah, it was. That place is awesome. Yeah, they had McKellen 12, which was absolutely delicious, and I mean fillets, bacon wrapped chicken. Tom, Tom's saying wrap it up, <laughs> but <laughs> it was just it was really good. If you like meat, try it out. Yeah. But anyways, back to Tom. My celebratory weekend was coming to an end and we had not finished getting trees planted so so i drove from climber back down to mccain to celebrate nick and kayla's engagement um and then me nick and ben went back up to climber sunday morning to plant the 100 norway spruce yeah and we a couple years ago planted two rows along the road frontage and then when we had it logged, the loggers took it upon themselves to. It'd be run tough to fuel. avoid. Yeah, they they ran some over. Uh, so we. Planted, I would say about half got ran over. But we replaced that half, and then we actually put in another row. Oh yeah. Um, so there's three rows of pines, um, that some are bigger than others, but in 25 they'll, years they'll all be yeah. about the same size. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we littered some. We have. The one side of the field we're trying to turn into woods, pretty much. So we put some more pine trees in there, and then and then uh, we have this what we call the foundation goldenrod field. And I had one really nice pine tree growing in this gap where you could see into the field, and I didn't want people seeing in there, so I planted a pine tree there. And then Nick took it upon himself <laughs> to run that one over with his truck. It had to be done. I. See, I, I buried the tractor back at the hidden food plot because that's all swamp. And I mean, I buried 40-inch tractor tires right up to the axles and could not get it out. Um, I tried to self-extricate for about an hour and a half and realized that it was going to need another piece of equipment. Only piece of equipment I had was my pickup truck. Tom planted. You're making a real long story out of you ran the pine tree over. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> so now I, I ain't even sorry about it in that gap. <laughs> yeah, so if I run them over again, some of them will probably yeah, still be there. You can yeah. run over four of them. No, stuff. you could not run over any of them. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Then why'd you plant so many, Tom? <laughs> to block it off. But yeah. But yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, that was it. That's that's about it. All right. Well, now that we got kind of the business side done um figured you know kind of lighten it up turkey season is among us um we haven't been able to hunt yet but we've had some really fun hunts in the past and i figured we could each kind of just go through our favorite turkey hunts um just kind of get people pumped up ready to go get them jacked up on some success stories and then hopefully next week we've got some fresh Mm -hmm. kills to talk about um because we got quite a few of us are going out it's gonna be a good time um 
I guess I'll start just to make it easy on you guys because I've just got so many turkey stories. <laughs> um, so I want to one of my favorites, uh, and it's not my favorite, like like number one, but the other ones I've already told on here. So I want to bring. Why don't you just tell them real quick what your number one is? My number one and number two are back to back doubles with you after pancreatitis. That's my number one and number two. Um, but number three for me is probably my other double that I got with my buddy Joe Grimaldi. Um, that one also kind of involves Tom, but kind of early. Was it earlier that day or the next day? It was earlier. It was that, the day before. Or day before, yeah. Um, so day before, Tom goes out, shoots one gobbler out of a flock of four, and comes back to camp we're partying i slept in that night or that morning because i think no 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 oh boy what happened when we all got up did our morning hunt routine got back to camp about 8 30 9 o'clock and nick and joe and frank called it quits i'm like i was leaving yeah they called it quits. had he not hit took out the birdhouse he probably would have been gone (laughs) so they called it quits and i'm like i i gotta get back out there so I go back out, smoke this bird, and Nick and Joe were sitting at camp twiddling their thumbs or whatever else it is. But I came and picked you up. Yeah, in the Kubota. Yeah. That was at camp. So you were Yeah, but I'm saying like I came down and helped you. Yeah. So then I told him, Hey guys, I called in this flock of gobblers. There's was four or five of them. Now there's one less, but get after him. So they went out the following morning and then this is where Nick picks up. Yeah. So we celebrated Tom's bird pretty heavy that night. Um, so I'm not sure if we got out there at sunrise. I don't think we did. Uh, it might've been a little late. Uh, my buddy Trevor was with us. He wasn't hunting, but he just wanted to, you know, long for the ride. And, uh, I forgot Trevor was there for that. Yeah. It was a good time. So we had, um, I think there, there was a ground blind, that could seat two people on the edge of the field, and then there was an old round bale. me and Frank set up. Oh, You're okay. welcome. Cool. Uh, worked great. Good location. Uh, so Trevor and Joe sat in the ground blind, and I sat against the hay bale about 15 yards from them. And uh, I told Joe, I said, we'll do some calling here. And, you know, Tom said these birds kind of worked up this way yesterday. You know, we're just going to kind of hang tight, see what happens. Um, I'll call. I said, you know, if more than one bird comes in, wait till you're ready to shoot. Take your shot. If there's another one, I'll see what I can do. You know, but I'm more worried about getting Joe as first gobbler. So we go taking off and uh, I'm calling a little bit. We hear some birds in the distance, but they're not really committing. Um, Joe does a little bit of calling and just nothing, nothing really seemed to like hammer on us. So we were, I was like, all right, Joe, you know, we're just going to stay patient. You know, we'll just stick it out. And about 45 minutes, hour later, silent, three gobblers all together start cresting this hill. And all I could see was just three redheads about 80 yards out as they were just coming up over the hill on the field edge there. I gave, gave a look at Joe, made sure he was paying attention, you know, because we weren't like within talking distance, mm-hmm. but it was like a, hey, you know, hey, take a look. Yeah. Made sure he knew. I'm like, all right. You know, so I'm sitting there. I got my gun ready safety's off and i've just got it kind of like propped on my knees i'm not really shouldered yet because i mean at this time the birds are maybe like 70 
and they're just kind of working in. I clocked a few times because we had our decoys out and stuff, you know, just trying to keep them. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, you know, something's going on over here. And they get to about 40, and Joe's 20-gauge goes off. And doesn't that first bird just roll right over, and the other two start flying through the air. I pull up, shoot them like trap. Another one dive bombs out of the air, hits the ground, and go running out there, get both the birds. Joe's freaking out. You know, it's his first gobbler ever. Super excited. I couldn't believe it actually worked out. Like, Mm -hmm. Tom killed one out of the four. We killed two more. Like, it was just absolutely insane. Um, And it was, like, one of probably one of the most impressive shots I've ever made on a turkey. I've made farther shots, but, like, full-fledged flying through the air was by Mm -hmm. far my best shot I've ever made on a bird. Um, And I, I think it just comes back to like trap shooting for years. Like I never mm-hmm. shot competitively like you guys, but I was at the trap house every single week with you guys and mm-hmm. shots. Like I was pretty confident in, you know, yeah, doing that, but obviously it worked. Dive bombed him. But, Clearly. But yeah, Tommy, I know you got a few turkey stories over the years. One of my favorite turkey stories doesn't actually really involve me pulling the trigger. It my buddy Trevor. This is a good one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd... So he. This is one and only bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, was, I think this is the only just... time he went out. He hunting. went down to Warren with me and Nick once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he bamboozled him there. <laughs> so my buddy Trevor, I don't know if we ever talked about it on the podcast, but he lived with me and Nick for a summer. It was one hell of a summer. We well, had... it goes down as probably one of my favorite summers of my life. But he started hanging out with me and Nick and was. I mean, he still hunts a little bit, but he was all about it when he was living with me and Nick. So he wanted to go turkey hunting. I'm like, all right, I'll take you out. So we get permission from, it was a lease that my uncle Frank's dad and my boss at the university, they had this lease and we got permission to go out there and there's like a a goldenrod field and there's like this little kind of open meadow off to the edge of it on the edge of the woods and then there's a bunch of pine trees and i think it was frank told me that a lot of times they roost in those pines and then they come out into this little clearing in the morning uh and strut and whatnot so i'm like all right we'll set up there so it was out in this field and there was no trees to sit on so me and trevor we found this nice bush to kind of nestle yourself back in and it was horribly uncomfortable like (laughs) in 15 minutes my legs were numb and tingling that's the best (laughs) this is gonna be a long morning so birds are gobbling off the roost going like crazy in the pines right where frank said they were and we could hear them pitch down and they just never came out to the field we stuck it out till about 8 30 9 o'clock and they hadn't gobbled for well over an hour and i'm like i can't sit here any longer trevor let's go in the woods and chase these buggers around so we go into the woods and we sit down and i let out a call and nothing i look over and trevor's taking a little snooze i'm like that doesn't really sound like a bad idea so i nod off for a little bit i wake up Trevor's still sleeping and I'm like I'm gonna call to wake him up so I let out a few yelps 
and Trevor perks up and just gobbles hammer back. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, baby. Now we're in him. So he's already, and they were probably about 200 yards away. And I waited about five minutes, called again. They hammer back, and they sound like they're just out of eyesight. I'm like, these puppies are coming. So it wasn't I thought you long. you were turkey hunting. Yeah, these turkeys were coming. <laughs> so it wasn't long after that. We see them like 80 yards away, and they're just coming in on a string. So Trevor, he was using a Mossberg 835, which is a 12-gauge, and they get to about 35 yards, and I'm like, okay, Trevor, shoot. And he's just holding on them. And they're just keeping moving right in on you. Yeah. And they get to about 25 yards. I'm like, let him have Shoot. It's like 20 yards. I'm like, Trevor, shoot. <laughs> 15 yards. I'm like, Trevor, shoot now. Boom! <laughs> Drops his gobbler right in front of us. He's freaking stoked. And we go running up to it, deader than a doornail. I think he hit it with the wad. <laughs> but... It was just an awesome experience. And I explained, I'm like, Trevor, just so you know, like. That was his first time ever. Yeah, that was his first time. Didn't that have two beards? Yeah. Yeah, it was a double bearded. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his first hunt ever, double bearded gobbler. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, like, it doesn't always happen like that. It was probably nine o'clock, maybe 930 when we got this bird. But yeah, we made one setup in the woods or in the field. That didn't work. Made one setup in the woods and they came in like nothing so it was just super cool to get him out there and get him hooked on turkey hunt i'm actually Mm -hmm. he booked another hunt with me this year (laughs) yeah we got all three of us are gonna could you imagine a triple that'd be wild so i hope it happens if i still have a tag i mean so he's got a pa tag right yeah Mm -hmm. do you think he'll get a new york tag if we needed to i doubt it okay I mean, I'll still hunt with him in yeah. PA. I'll just call for him. We'll do our old, you know, 40-yard back trick mm-hmm. and get a gobbler right in his lap. It'll be fun. I'm excited for him to come back because we haven't been able to hunt together since he lived there Yeah, he with moved us. down closer to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he basically moved back home. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. But, Frank, I know you don't hunt nearly as much for turkeys as Tom and I do, mm-hmm. but there is a time you did kill a bird – in the um, fall. In the fall, yeah. You're the only one with a fall bird. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever heard this story start to finish. So, I do want to hear that story, but I also I'm sure you have a good spring gobbler story. Is it that's what's coming up, spring gobbler. Uh, I know you with your dad you've had some fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, so me and my dad used to go out a lot. Let's spring. hear your fall story real quick because I know you know, it doesn't sound like it was like a super like crazy wild hunt it, it it was a lot of fun but it was a very short hunt yeah that's uh, right there wasn't like a ton of detail to it no i was i had been uh deer hunting in this one spot it was you know it was archery season and i kept seeing these turkeys like i, I wasn't gonna shoot one with my bow because i was deer hunting and I, and I finally got sick of seeing them every day i was like you know what i'm taking my shotgun out tomorrow and i'm gonna lay one of these things down and so I go out and I'm sitting there. I get set up, and massive buck. No, that, I, I would have killed myself. But uh, so I'm sitting there, and like right when they always show up, because you can time turkeys. Yeah. Like, 
they're not there. I was like, what a joke this is. This is dumb. Like the one day I bring a gun to shoot one of these things and they're not coming. So I pull out, I just had a, a glass uh, pot call and I'm not kidding. I clucked twice, just cluck, cluck. And it sounded like a gang was running through the woods there. I could hear it like when, about they, how far I would say they were probably 150 yards when I first heard them. It was right after I clucked. And they just came hauling, hauling ass in, like just sprinting right to me. There was like 30 of them. And they just got right in my lap. And I was like, all right. And I shot the first Jake that, you know, was right there. Were they all Jakes and Hens? All all Jakes and Hens. There were not a long beard in the group. Hey, you know, if that's all there is, that's all there is. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first. Ain't going to stop me from getting a gobbler. (laughs) It was my first turkey by myself. Yeah, I'd nice. gotten with my dad before, but yeah, uh, that's a, it's a cool feeling when you finally notch the belt on like your, mm-hmm. a, your, a solo turkey hunt. Cause even like Tom and I have killed a, a whole bunch of gobblers together and it doesn't feel like you're alone. Like even if mm-hmm. it's like, it's different. Like when I was sitting in my dad's lap, literally, um, yeah. cause then it's like, all I did was man the gun. Yeah. And then when Tom and I go out, it's like, we kind of call a little bit, each of yeah, us you're working um, as a team. And typically if Tom and I are hunting together, he's the more like, we'll pretty much do his plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you hunt by yourself, you know, there's nobody else to work with or anything. It's just you. And it's a, it's a cool experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that was my first solo bird and it was a lot of fun. It was super easy. You know, it was like how people say in the fall when you turkey hunt in the fall, you like just go bust up the flock mm-hmm. and then call a little bit they'll come running right back i didn't even bust up the flock but it was very minimal. Did they literally just spook the flock like i've never done it that way but i've heard a lot of people say they just go find the flock bust them up like on purpose just go spook them all scatter them and then sit call, down and then they come you know they all want to get back together into their group so if you just call hmm. a little bit they and i'm sure it doesn't work every time but yeah I've just, I've never dedicated an ounce of time to hunting in the fall because I'm, I'm deer hunting. Yeah. And it's not like it's, there is no fall turkey season outside of deer yeah. season. It's 100% in deer season. And I'd much rather, and that's the only time I ever actually turkey hunted in the fall was that hunt. Yeah. Because well, I'd there much is, rather be deer hunting. There is that one, what is there? One or two day deal for Thanksgiving. Um, but we can not hunt anymore. Oh, they don't yeah, do that they anymore? They only did it for... They used to do it like a long time ago. They got rid of it. Then they brought it back for a couple years and then got rid of it again. That's too bad. I always thought it'd be cool to go kill it. They were changing a lot of stuff with turkeys for a few years. Um, you, I think it was right around that same time you were allowed to hunt them with uh, Rimfire 22s. Yeah, 22s and 17s. Yeah, and then they ixnade that again. So they've, they've gotten kind of back and forth with uh, a lot of the turkey I think that's laws. a safety thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I know, do you have any wild stories from hunting with your dad over the years? Uh, nothing really wild. One of my favorite turkey hunting story with him, I was I was really little. Um, it it might have been like my first or second turkey hunt with him. We were back behind grandma and grandpa's, and I was really small. I, I don't even remember how old I was. I was a little kid. So I wasn't even hunting. This was before they had the mentor program. And he just wanted... Yeah, because you were already of age to hunt by the time the mentor program came in. Yeah, I think I, I was, was 14 t- or yeah, 15. Uh, you, 
not quite. I was 10 the first year, so you'd have been like 13. Okay. Um, yeah, because the first year that they had the mentor program, I was 10 years old, and I smacked a gobbler opening morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, no, it wasn't opening morning. It was midweek. But I remember feeling like the big dick in class walking mm-hmm. in fourth grade, <laughs> like, oh, you guys just rolled out of bed, had breakfast. I'm like, I shot a turkey this morning. Yeah. Like, What's up? <laughs> what are you about? <laughs> but anyway, so you're home with your dad. Yeah, we were back behind grandma and grandpa's, and he's calling these birds in. And I think he actually told this, this story uh, a couple years ago on the podcast when we had the Father's Day thing. Hmm. Um, anyway. So he's calling and these birds are coming in on a rope like nothing. But I'm a little kid. I don't understand what's going on. You know, I just hear Goblin. I hear him coming in. And then I see these birds start coming. That we were right on the edge of the shooting range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I know where uh, you're at. So we're right on the edge of this big field. And they're coming like up the one path mm-hmm. to come out into the field. And I see them coming down the path. I was like, oh, man, they're... They're about to be in range. He's he's going to light one up here pretty quick. I was like, I better plug my ears because it's, it's going to get wild. So I reach up and plug my ears, and like half a second later, he blam! I was like, perfect timing. Nailed that. And he shot so fast because when I went and plugged my ears, I spooked him, and they started to run away. And he's like, ah, I really want to shoot one to you know get me excited. And he ended up shooting a Jake. There was a long beard and a Jake coming out. And when I spooked him... He, his only opportunity was at the Jake, so he took that one just to get me excited, mm-hmm. and I was loving it. And then I we were walking out, and I told him I was like, you know, I timed that perfect. Like we were we were right on on cue there, Dad. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, that's... right before you pulled the trigger, I plugged my ears. He's like, ah, that's why I had to pull the trigger right then. <laughs> he didn't understand what was going on because they yeah. were coming in so perfect, and, all and then sudden... all of a sudden they're gone. He's like, what the hell happened there? Yeah. And then when we were walking out, I let him know what happened. Nice. So that's one of, that is my favorite turkey hunting story just because it's with my dad. It was, yeah. it was funny. I was a little kid and that was, it's probably my first turkey hunting memory. I may have gone with him once or twice before that, mm-hmm. but that's like my first recollection of turkey hunting yeah my yeah my first turkey hunting memory that i have and like i said i think i hunted you know i think i hunted opening day or something um but it was like just a random tuesday or something we were at dinner it, just sitting at the t- table mm-hmm. and the way our house is set up there's a big glass door um on the back side of the dining room that overlooks like the whole back side of the property and at the time my dad used to keep the field because there's a you know, 10 acre field behind the house. And he used to keep it pretty short. So you could see all the way to the back easy. And there was a flock of birds out there. And I was like, dad, you know, we, we, we should go hunting there tomorrow in the morning before school. Like we never hunted behind the house. Like we always mm-hmm. went up to my granddad's or my uncle John's. And, uh, he's like, Oh, you know, yeah, maybe we'll do that. If you get up in the morning, you know, we'll go. I'm like, all right, yeah. Like, all right, I'm going like, you know, there's birds back there. This is guaranteed. And, uh, so I get up, brighter bright and early you know i'm ready probably standing next to my dad ready to go before three he gets o'clock up. in the morning yeah <laughs> and so we get all set up and i i was i was only 10 and i shot a shotgun like three times like i was mm-hmm. very new at this and stuff so my dad found this like big log um to like or not really it was like a tree limb mm-hmm. um he kind of laid in front of me so I could have like a shooting rest. And then I just sat right in his lap. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
we started calling in the morning, you know, while the birds are on the roost and we heard some goblin, heard some goblin sounding good. And then about 150 yards out, I could just see, you know, some movement. You couldn't tell if it was, you know, hens or gobblers or anything. You just see the birds out there. And all of a sudden this hen lights up. And at the time I didn't realize what that meant. My mm-hmm. dad warned me. He's like, Hey buddy, you know, this might not happen. This now. might not work out the way we wanted it to. He's like, but I, you know, my dad always being the overly confident guy, like when we were little, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, but I got some magic. I think he called it chin music. Um, <laughs> he said that, you know, if anything's going to work, this is what's going to do it for him. And he starts cackling like crazy. And all of a sudden, like on a string, that one gobbler that was in the group just beelines right for us. And I was like, all right, sweet. Like, this is happening. And there was this big um, vine, like, in the woods. My dad said, you know, hey, when he gets around that, he's going to be about 25 yards. Go ahead and take a shot. Because I was using a single-shot 20-gauge um, with a scope on it. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was a 222 over 20-gauge. And so I'm, like, basically just shouldering the gun, looking at the vines. I see the bird come around the corner. My dad's in my ear. He's like, shoot him. You know, I'm, I'm just getting all set up, you know, looking at him. And he's coming right, right at us. He gets to about 20. My dad's like, shoot him. Just like the Trevor's. Oh, it's exactly what happened. <laughs> They're like, I mean, it, it is, we're getting close. And finally he's like, dude, you need to, that's like Do now. It. So I, boom, pull the trigger. Same thing. I'm pretty sure the wad smacked him in the beak. Mm-hmm. Um, folds right over. And at 10 years old, I, I paced it out at 11 steps. So, yeah, with 10-year-old yeah, steps. Yeah. So this thing was like about 15 feet in front of me. It was like five yards. Yeah. And I mean, just my dad's like, what were you doing? And I was like, I just couldn't get the crosshairs. Like, I was thinking. You had to be dead. Yeah, like I'm trying right to hit his eyeball. It. Yeah, I was like thinking I needed to be like perfect on it. And he's like, no, buddy, just put it on its head and squeeze. You know, like you're mm-hmm. good. And I was like, okay. But. He's dead. I remember I can't. It was only. He was like seven o'clock seven thirty something like that mm-hmm. and came back to the house like super stoked tried getting off of school that day it didn't work um just because like i was just i just wanted to sit in the barn with my turkey you mm-hmm. know i was just so excited but uh ended up going to school and just bragged to everybody yeah you know and it was it was just a jake it had like a three inch beard barely even had spurs three inches is probably generous on it you'd have to really stretch <laughs> it for three but um but it was your first one. Yeah. So. But uh, it, yeah, and, it, and that that hunt alone, I think, is what really got me just hooked on a turkey hunting because it worked mm-hmm. out that way, and I've been chasing that ever since. So. Yeah. Tommy, you got any other turkey stories that are sticking out in your head right now? Is that a no? <laughs> Caught me off guard, not not off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I mean, you. I mean, I got plenty of turkey stories, but yeah, if you have one that's sticking out, I mean, I took we you knew we were talking turkey stories tonight. So yeah, I didn't really catch you that off guard. Tom was spacing over there. He he didn't know what was going on. Now, one, this is a pretty good turkey story. This isn't a kill story, um, but we were in hunting and climber, me and Nick, and we hunted until about. 9 30 10 o'clock and birds kind of shut up so we go back to the truck it starts to rain and we're like you know what let's just see what time the french creek tavern opens we'll head down there and 
have a bite to eat and forget about this. This is pre-cabin, right? Oh, yeah. This is well before pre-cabin. Before pre-cabin? <laughs> well before. <laughs> okay. And uh, we're like, find out that French Creek Tavern doesn't open till noon. So I'm like, well, we can either sit in the truck for two hours or we can go back out in the woods. So we decided to go back out into the woods and we're walking down this main road and this crow lets out some calling and gobbler hammers back. So we're like, shit, we need to get set up now. So we just get tucked off the side of the main trail right down in the creek bottom. And Nick decided he was going to do the calling. And he lets out a few yelps and does some cutting and whatnot, gets this bird fired up. And we can see him working his way right down to us down the hillside. And, I mean, you can see freaking rope swinging on this gobbler as he's coming down. So he gets down and he gets hung up about like 40, 45 yards. And it was a shot that I knew I could make, but I was going to see if he could get any closer. And he's just hung out there, not not coming in any closer. He didn't want to cross the creek. And I'm like, well, he's not going to hang out too much longer. I'm going to, I'm going to give him the beans. So I got my gun shouldered, got the BB right on his head, pull the trigger, click, freaking gun misfired. So his head freaking perks right up. He starts looking all around, putting, taking off up the hill. And, uh, yeah. Never that was had. that. Yeah. I did attempt a shot out of... Oh, that is right. Yeah. Out of desperation. Yeah. I, I smacked a tree. Like, <laughs> uh, it was. there was a sapling about five inches in diameter, so not quite a sapling anymore, but mm-hmm. small, young tree. And just because, like, I heard Tom's gun click, and I think Tom even, like, was like, you got to shoot. Or so, he said yeah. something to me as the bird's Probably like... shit. <laughs> yeah. So this bird's, like, taking off, and I'm like, ah, screw it. Like pulled up and just smacked a tree like it mm-hmm. didn't work out but yeah that was wild it was like one of the like the almost didn't even hunt kind yeah. of success story on your way out of the story. woods and... yeah um yeah, i forgot about that one i was i still look at that tree when i walk by <laughs> um it's not far from your tree with the broadhead in it no it's not <laughs> i got all sorts of markings on that property there i remember though i got that one bird that Tom says I stole from him when I was hunting with Paul the one morning. Paul didn't even fire. He was supposed to be filming me. And it was so early, like, into the hunt where Paul didn't think I was actually, like, getting ready to shoot. He thought I was just, like, kind of shouldering my gun, seeing what mm-hmm. was going on. Um, so he never even turned his camera on. He's like, he's like, I didn't even realize you were about to shoot. And he's like, I just. That was our first ever turkey hunt up in Climber. Yeah. And you punched your tag. I want to say it was before. It was like it was right, right at legal shooting. Yeah, well, because it was it was before sunrise, <laughs> but you have a half hour, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was like right on the money. Like it was, I couldn't believe they were out of the tree that quick. Honestly, yeah, it was insane. But and I'm I do like, have, shit, hunting a turkey up here is gonna be easy. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I, I do have to give Tom a lot of credit on that one. You know, I was in the right place at the right time. Tom was calling pretty good. Worked out. Is what it yeah. is. Yeah. That bird had a big old rope on him, too. Yeah, it did. That's that's still the biggest gobbler we've ever killed up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like... Until Monday. 
until Monday. It was like, I got one picked out. He's got about a 11-inch paintbrush on him. Yeah, I filmed it I can't you. wait to see him. Yeah. I'll give you first dibs when they're Oh, absolutely you will. <laughs> so I might shoot that bearded hen. I've always wanted to shoot a bearded hen. I yeah. almost shot one up in New York a couple years ago. I want ago. a double bearded gobbler bad. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. I've passed up quite a few bearded hens. I have two. And then, like, after I passed up the last one, I was like, all right, I want one. And ever since I, the last time I passed one up, I haven't had a shot at one. Mm. I've seen a couple since then, but I haven't had shots at them. Yeah. Well, well I guess here's to uh, 2023 turkey season. Mm-hmm. Tom's signing off. I already took his headphones off. Um so I guess hurt my ears. Yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And like I said, turkey season's right around the corner, so get outside.